Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Our friends at Entergy congratulate the hardworking men and women at Grand Gulf Nuclear Station. In addition to powering Mississippi homes and businesses with clean, low-cost energy, Grand Gulf plays an important role as an economic driver in our state. Thank you for strengthening our communities and congratulations on your record-setting production. The carbon-free energy from Grand Gulf will power a brighter future for generations to come. Entergy, we power life. Now live in the Bank Plus studio, where college football meets the all-lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming around the world live at the Out of Bounds radio app. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9. Where are you? The Zone. The Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone, ESPN. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. The show is brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your car and home and save with your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent. Go local. Go with the home team. Woo! Blake, you want to do 10 minutes on the NBA? Who? What's Twitter that? handle at Bo Bounds. The Ag Up Equipment text line is 601-885-3776. Or we could, we could frame it up a different way. With Steph Curry's fourth championship, is he now a top 10 player? Now that would bring our Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, uh, Michael Jordan people into the mix. But we'll, but we'll do that on another day. If you're day. top 10, do you even matter? Top five or bust? Oh, Wow. Well, then that tells me... If you're the 10th best player in the NBA, then you're barely getting playing time on the all-time team. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't think that's you're the accurate, tenth, but you're the tenth I, man I love off the that bench. you're coming in hot. <laughs> I do. Because if Larry Bird doesn't make your top five... How, how many of our listeners can name yeah. 10 basketball players that are still alive? <laughs> oh, most. 99. I mean, come on. How many that are Magic, still... 
Bird, how many that are still Jordan, playing? Kareem, Akeem. How many that are still playing? Oh, I, that would be a different deal. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a different deal for sure. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Uh, Rebs and Hogs. Uh, but guys do like to rank players, though. Oh, yeah. And, and, I, and I understand it's impossible to do it generation to generation, era, different that's, eras. That's what makes it more fun because it's an abstract argument that almost can't have an answer. It can't have an answer. They, yeah. I mean, you can literally order a beer. And some onion rings, and and by the time you're ready to order another beer, you're you haven't advanced or figured anything out, or you know, because you could go this guy, this guy all day long. There's only a couple of guys. Or uh, it is interesting though. We we've sent we basically have summarily turned it into it's Jordan and LeBron in basketball, and then in football. Have we just decided it's Brady? You don't hear as much Brady Montana as you did because once Tom went to Tampa Bay under out from underneath Belichick and that Belichickian empire and paired up with a good coach, but Bruce Aarons will never be considered, no. you know, some of the guys that we reference, okay? No. And and once he he goes there and won yeah, and went through Mahomes, the younger, the guy that we had already mm-hmm. said he's the best ever, and will win six of them. Yeah, just by rolling through the league, just existing. Yeah, just by yeah, because it's just that easy. You it know? is. Oh, Mahomes yeah. has he 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 is what we all want today because he's a highlight reel, and especially the young kids love it. That meant he was going to beat Brady, even yeah. though his offensive line was. Decimated. Ask Aaron Rodgers how easy it is to just roll through Super yeah, Bowls. Right. <laughs> I mean, that dude can't, no, ask, he can't get out of the NFC title game. Ask Peyton Manning yeah, how, how difficult Hello. it is to win Super Hello. Bowls. So, I think once Brady went to Tampa Bay with a pretty good to good head coach yeah. and won it yeah. and, and went through Aaron and Mahomes, yep. people were like, Oh, I'm not going to do the Montana, even though Brady has lost some Super Bowls to Nick Foles and Eli Manning, which I think surprises people. Even though that happened, they're like, he is the GOAT. Yeah. It's so far and away now what he's done that you can't really put anyone else in that argument, can you? There is no LeBron to his Jordan at this point. There's really not. Yeah. Now, I mean, maybe someone was, can become Montana that. Montana was unbelievable. It, is it fair to say, too, that the longevity, like the fact that yes. Montana Joe got broken had, down exactly. when he went to Kansas City. And it was so long ago that and, it's hard to. And look, they were still going to the playoffs. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. But it, Joe's just not a big guy. Yeah. And maybe because of where he played in part of his tenure and just the modern I guess world like nationalization of the NFL, like it's we're just so consumed with it now that no one that played that far ago can compare with the like amount of reference and the amount of views and the amount of just in your face. Here's Tom Brady. Here's Tom Brady. Here's Tom Brady. Right. Right. It's going to take someone new to challenge that. Who's in our focal point the same way he has been his whole career. Montana was so long ago. It just doesn't ring with anybody anymore. I just don't. I don't see anybody doing what Brady did the, as far as Super Bowls. It is amazing bringing this local that we have seen in the last six years three of, if not the best, three of the best baseball players to ever come through Mississippi in Jake Mangum, Tanner Allen, and now Tim Elko. 
Yeah. Kind of remarkable, the runs they've gone on. And how big a definer Omaha is to a legacy because Tim Elko, by making this run to Omaha, now has cemented himself as a Mount Rushmore player for Omaha baseball. Which, which we'll talk with Stephen Head about. Yeah, may not have happened prior to this run. Everyone would have acknowledged how great he was in the longevity of his career, but making it to Omaha turns your statue, so to speak, from bronze to gold. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Which leads us to the Hunter Elliott audio. So um, a reporter asked Hunter Elliott, starting pitcher for Ole Miss tonight, he was asked about the Arkansas Razorback fans and the Woo Pig chant. I would say rather than trying to tune them out, make it to where they don't do it as much would be better. So if you if you allow less runs, you won't hear it as much is what I, I kind of figured out. Uh, the less home runs, the less runs you allow, the less Woo Pigs. I love that. The less Woo part. Pigs. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, is he living the dream? Woo. Freshman sensation out of Tupelo, Mississippi. Uh, once he gets in the order, takes advantage, uh, the starting rotation, takes advantage, and, I mean, the guy was in high school last year. Yeah. <laughs> now he's pitching on the biggest stage. Uh, he will pitch on a big stage tonight against the Arkansas Razorbacks. But look, it gets bit. We've seen this. Look at Vanderbilt last year. Look at Arkansas four, year, four years ago, three years ago, whenever it was. The pop. The dropped, big stage. Yeah, 18. I mean, they had it. Yeah. It was over. Yes. They, the, those three guys had caught... A million. 15,000 pop-ups apiece because they had all played travel ball since they were Literally. seven years old. Literally. And all the practice pop-ups. So combined with those three guys looking at that pop-up, the combined pop-ups caught was 45,000. Minimum. Minimum. <laughs> yes. 100%. And they, and they dropped it. The, Look I mean, at Christian Little the, last Those three year. kids had been great players since they yeah. were eight years and old. And they weren't freshmen. That's the other thing. Look at Christian Little for Vanderbilt. Highly touted. Perfect game freshman. Pitches in the national championship second game. Gets shocked. Shell-shocked. Now, I'm not saying that's what Hunter Elliott will do, but pitching as a freshman on that stage has got to be... And you're not playing a scrub lineup. You're playing against a lineup that can battle. That's a big stage. It is a big stage. That's not, that's not high school state championship. Well, obviously. <laughs> that's not even Arkansas Ole Miss in the regular season, or stayed Ole Miss in the regular season. Out of Bounds is powered by Superior Foundation for all your foundation repairs. Superior, superior.ms. Uh, Trey Pace, Todd Sandridge, they'll take care of you. Locally owned. If you have foundation issues, think of Superior, Superior Foundation. Uh, we're going to have Stephen Head coming up next. Kane hits us with the text on the Ag Up Equipment text line. Just hit the road headed to Omaha. Any advice for someone who has never been? Uh, stay downtown by the stadium. <laughs> uh, hit the market district. That's about it. Um, have a great time. Uh, maybe go by Warren Buffett's house. Hello. I did. Well, the Uber driver felt like I needed to. Hit the casino, drop a drop a bill on uh, Ole Miss to win it all. Yeah, drop, yeah, drop a Hyundai on 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 the revs over the, go, when you drive across the bridge it's two minutes in iowa that's it we're live in the bank plus studio the show is brought to you by independent roofing systems number one commercial roofing company in mississippi independent roofing systems Stephen head old miss baseball coming up next on the corona premier guest line
have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it. After a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. And I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. And that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Our friends at Entergy congratulate the hardworking men and women at Grand Gulf Nuclear Station. In addition to powering Mississippi homes and businesses with clean, low-cost energy, Grand Gulf plays an important role as an economic driver in our state. Thank you for strengthening our communities and congratulations on your record-setting production. The carbon-free energy from Grand Gulf will power a brighter future for generations to come. Entergy, we power life. Ole Miss, Arkansas tonight in the winner's bracket, College World Series. We just heard from Hunter Elliott. He'll be the starting pitcher for the Ole Miss Rebels out of Tupelo, freshman phenom. And so a lot of excitement around the Rebs and the Hogs, and they're more than familiar with each other because this is game four. Um, They played, this will be the fourth game they played against each other this year. We want to welcome in a former All-American at Ole Miss, played under Mike Nienko. He is uh, Stephen Head, now with the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers as a scout. And Stephen joins us on the Corona Premier Guest Line. Stephen, good morning. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me again. Looking forward to it. Yeah, well, so what was Saturday night like for you? Former player, you're close to Coach Mike Bianco, played and coached under him. Uh, Your alma mater is playing in the College World Series. Was it nerve-wracking? Yeah, it was. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, and, I, and I've seen those guys play quite a bit in the fall, in the spring, just with, with my job and covering the state of Mississippi. But it's different when you're watching those guys in Omaha and, and you know, you're rooting for, for the coaching staff, for the players. You know, I mean, Coach Bianco obviously has been a huge part of my life from playing playing for him and, and coaching under him and, and now getting to go back. Coach Lafferty, I consider one of my best friends in the whole world. So, And even Coach Clem. Um, you know, so it was nerve wracking, but man, Delusia, like, what a competitor. That dude just, uh, he has that will to, to compete and win and you don't find that too often. Well, all right, let's talk about that. Uh, there's been so many years where Bianco has known who his number one was going to be. Um, you know, whether it was Holloman or Hoagland or Nikhazy among many, many others, Lynn and so on. Um, this was a different year, Stephen, in that they thought, okay, this may be our rotation. Things played out. All of a sudden, it became Delusia and Elliott is one heck of a one-two punch. Talk about just how you know remarkable it is that he was dropped in midway through the season and 
Delucia has looked like a super-duper ace since. Yeah, I mean, you know, it seems like it happens every few years where a guy just comes out of nowhere, for a lack of a better word, and, and just cements himself into the rotation or a bullpen piece or the lineup, and they almost necessarily just carry the team and lift others up by how they play. And I think that's a, a big thing that, that Delucia did this year. You know, he just – he earned his right to get – get to the Friday night roll, and once he got it, he just didn't let go of it. Unbelievable what's, uh, what's happened there. I, so you, you mentioned you and Coach Bianco are so close, and um, you know he's had an amazing run. I mean, he built the Ole Miss baseball program um, into a nationally recognized program with a tremendous amount of success. Have you ever seen anything like this where Ole Miss, out of the gate, is on fire? They're number one in the country. And then they fall off the cliff. And then, I mean, we had people on the show left and right, you know, talking about making a change and so on. And then Graham gets healthy. They find the Delucia Elliott one-two punch. And now they're either playing, they're, you know, whatever. They're as hot as anybody in the country. Have you ever witnessed anything like this, Stephen? No, I mean, the turnaround has been incredible and you know I text those guys once they uh once they you know won the second game there at Southern Miss that I just told them how happy and proud I was for them um and, and nothing with the circumstances outside the program just I th- and I, I told these guys it's like I think you all three should be coach of the year it's always a popularity contest with who gets it but to keep that team focused to keep them fighting after the Mississippi State weekend and they might have even lost the next weekend I can't remember if my timing's right on that but to keep those guys believing in themselves and to keep fighting, they could have easily given up. And those guys, instead of giving up, they, they turned it around. They played their best baseball down the stretch. And a lot of that is on the players. Don't get me wrong. Those guys got to go out. They're the ones that catch and throw the ball and hit it. But I think that speaks volumes to how Mike runs a program from a day-to-day. Things don't change. I mean, the focus, the discipline, and just the way they operate the program, whether they're you know, not playing well or playing great, the attitude's always the same. And I think that's uh, maybe a big overlook factor in this team's success is just those guys keeping the ship straight and not letting anybody just jump off. Yeah, because you could go, I mean, Stephen Head on the Out of Bounds show, All-American under Mike Bianco, had an unbelievable career at Ole Miss and now with the L.A. Dodgers joining us on the Corona Premier Guest Line. You know, when things went south after March 14th, the overwhelming majority of the time, Stephen, in whatever sport, you don't bottle it back and get rolling again, right? I mean, we see teams just for whatever reason, they lose their mojo and whatnot. They don't get it back together. And this day and age is different than 25, 30 years ago. You've got the whole social media component in which Mike may not, and he, he said this after winning the Super Regional. He said, look, I tweet and then I'm, I'm out. I don't get in I don't get bogged down in the comments and so on, which is so smart. But you know this, Stephen, the players live in the social media world, so they were able to see what everybody was saying. How impressed are you that this was that they stayed on track and now they're in the College World Series and may be able to advance all the way through this thing? Yeah. I mean it's incredible because you're right. Those kids, they see it. We when I say we, you know, when I was there, and I know he still does it, you know, he talks about staying focused on the task and, and blocking out the outside noise, and that stuff doesn't matter, you know. Um, 
but the, it's an older team. You know, those guys got a lot of veteran players. There's a lot of maturity on that team with Elko, Graham, and there's a plenty of other guys that, that are, you know, juniors, seniors, fifth-year guys. I, I think that they just allowed themselves to be mature about the whole thing and just stay focused. And you don't see that with 18- to 23-year-old kids all the time. Uh, but they did a great job doing it, and, you know, it paid off for them big time. Um, Arkansas is loaded, too. So we've got two squads that are loaded. Arkansas was the number one seed last year, Stephen, and they got their heart ripped out at home against North Carolina State. What's it like to now play? You're in the same division. You've already played three times, but you're in the postseason in Omaha. How do you think this is different than an, than an SEC weekend now that they're going against each other for the fourth time? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's a big series, regardless of uh, the, the atmosphere. I think there's, there'll be some familiarities. You know, each team has seen everybody's pitchers, the hitters, these players. They kind of know each other at this point. Um, so it'll be a it'll be a great battle. Um, and you're talking about two teams. I actually think they're fairly similar. Uh, an older offense that got most of the offense back with Arkansas, similar to Ole Miss. A really good offense, just like Ole Miss. I. There's some similarities uh, to these teams. Yes. Um, and obviously, Arkansas is tough. Um, they're, they're always good. Coach Van Horn, I think he's probably a lot like Coach Bianco and just he always has his guys ready to play. They're good year to year. Um, it's going to be a big test. But you know what? They're in Omaha. So, <laughs> as a Rebel fan, um, I'm good with any outcome, but I, I want those guys to win tonight for sure. No doubt. All right, we'll, leave, we'll wrap it up with this. Stephen Head on the Out of Bounds Show. Tonight, about 5.55, five minutes before first pitch. Give me Stephen Head's mindset. Oh, my mindset would be, uh, especially if I'm Hunter Elliott, just go out there, make my pitches, uh, be competitive, um, do what I've done all year. The offense, continue to just put good at-bats, string them together, and play for nine innings. It's just like the season, you know. I don't know. Most people are probably ready to cut that season off about three quarters of the way through, but I guess that's why you play all fifty-six. So battle, battle, battle for every pitch for nine innings. We'll leave it there. Stephen Head, All-American at Ole Miss, played and coached under Mike Bianco, and he's fired up that his Ole Miss Rebels are in the winners bracket. And this should be a this is kind of like a heavyweight fight tonight, Ole Miss against Arkansas in the winners bracket. Stephen, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it, bud. Thanks for having me, Bo. Take care, guys. Stephen Head on the Out of Bounds Show and the Corona Premier Guest Line. Ole Miss versus Arkansas tonight. Our CWS coverage is brought to you by Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center. MississippiSportsMedicine.com for any orthopedic hiccup. Show is also presented by Went McGee, the Mortgage Man. MortgagemanMS.com. Went McGee is your mortgage man, and you can go to his site right now. MortgagemanMS.com, and he'll shop the best rates for you. Live in the Bank Plus studio. Welcome in on a championship Monday. Our friends at Entergy congratulate the hardworking men and women at Grand Gulf Nuclear Station. In addition to powering Mississippi homes and businesses with clean, low-cost energy, Grand Gulf plays an important role as an economic driver in our state. Thank you for strengthening our communities, and congratulations on your record-setting production. 
the carbon-free energy from Grand Gulf will power a brighter future for generations to come. Entergy. We power life. Good morning. Welcome in. We're live from the Delta Soul Charity event. Stephen Gwen Azar, Greenville, Mississippi, raising uh, over a million dollars for arts programs, uh, art programs in the state of Mississippi. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman is here, uh, among others, supporting the great state of Mississippi. And we're excited about the lineup that we have today. We've had Steve Azar on the host uh nick Baumgartner, uh olympic gold medalist and now we're super super excited to have uh mark patterson on um the corona premier guest line so nfl player it would take me all of the segment to tell you what mark has accomplished but nfl player entrepreneur mountaineer and emmy winner mark patterson mark how are you buddy i'm doing great you uh, did you enjoy last night and doze and everything? I loved it, man. It's you know it's so much different from where I am. I'm in Sun Valley, Idaho, right? You know, just <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, really. And to go in to have that cultural experience. Last year was my first year that I came to the Azar Delta Soul Golf Tournament down here in beautiful Greenville, Mississippi. It was a little rainy then too. Yeah. But uh, to go in there and have supersize, you know, shrimp and steak and French fries and all the things that probably aren't really healthy for you but are good. Right. Um, you know, it just wasn't an experience. So this is your second year here. Yeah. Uh, Delta is an eclectic uh, – this is an eclectic group and this is an eclectic place. And um, it's like Tom, time stops yeah. when you go to the Mississippi Delta. Yeah. Do you get that sense? Yeah, and, you know, I, I did have the, the good fortune. You're probably going to go there in a minute, but I did play for the Saints, you know, many years ago. Yeah. And uh, I ventured into Mississippi and Alabama and Sandestin, and we used to go there. Morton Anderson, a great field goal, Hall of Fame kicker. Had Yeah. Morton Murn's a great, great guy, a great friend of mine. And um, we used to come this way, you know, just take road trips. You know, yeah. this was during the off season, and we kind of go through our OTAs during the – during the week and then the weekend, what do you want to do? Let's shoot, you know, here and there. And and so I've known Steve, gosh, we go back to my Saint days. You know, that's when I first really? got to know Steve Azar. And, you know, it's so great to have followed his career and watched him, you know, develop the way he's developed and all these beautiful songs that he sings. And now he's got this this one, two, three Mississippi song that's going to be the state song. You yes. Know, it's, I'm so jacked up about I his success. Great job producing and writing that. <laughs> Wonderful. So you play for the Saints, yeah. and uh, did you, you know, so that's one of our teams here, right? I mean, it, in Jackson, it's only two and a half hours away, and we have a lot of season ticket holders there. Yeah. And they've held um, their summer training there, summer camp, and so on, once Sean Payton took over. But as you know, for years, they struggled, they didn't win, so on, every now and then. Yeah. Did you ever see that franchise Winning at the level they have the last 15 years under Sean Payton and Drew Brees? Well, they were sort of doing it when, you know, when I was there. And they, my, my first year was 1987, so I go back a ways. Oh, but you were there with uh, that defense. Crazy and defense, and yeah. Mills and Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were just talking about that this morning. I mean, those guys were amazing. And so we had this incredible defense, and we had a good enough offense, and we had more Anderson. Right. So anytime he just got it around the 30, 40-yard line, you know, automatic. there was automatic three. And, um, and, and as a matter of fact, 
it was it was an odd time for me because I grew up on the West Coast. I went to Washington, very successful program. I went to five bowl games in a row, a couple Rose Bowls, played in the Orange Bowl, um, and and then I went on to the Raiders. I was drafted by the Raiders, and we won there, right? And so uh, I'd always won every single place I'd ever been. I'd always won. Now that doesn't mean I didn't lose a game or two, but we always we either won in the championship or we were right there. And then I came to the Saints, and it was the first year in 1987 that the Saints had ever had a winning season. Now, up to that point, it was the Aints and people putting the bag over their head. In sure. 20 years, I, to, I went to the games in the 80s as a kid. It was insane. I just I couldn't wrap my head around it, and so I get traded by L. Davis three days before the first game. So I'm in the locker room, and we're playing the Browns, and this is when Bernie Kosar was throwing the ball. And they were, of course, supposed to crush the Saints, and we come out and we beat them. And we come in the locker room afterwards, and all the players and the coaches and everybody else, they're crying because of this victory. I couldn't wrap my arms around it because I'd always won, and I just expected that that was going to be the end result. I didn't. It wasn't like a Hail Mary and just a chance. So anyways, the net-net is that we ended up having, yeah, I think we went like 11-3 and three or 2 or something and went to the playoffs. Yeah. And it was an amazing. That was kind of the start of the run. Now, Jim, Jim Moore, Thinks put together – a hell of a, a a roster, I think, during that time as a general manager, and he was, and the Saints ended up, yeah, they they finally started winning late eighties, early nineties for yeah, the first time ever. And I think that the transition that you're talking about is the difference between having winning seasons, but not never Jim Moore never won necessarily a playoff game, right? And that was his, you know, anchor. And then when Sean Payton came along and kind of revolutionized the offensive structure, they had a great quarterback in Drew B. Breeze, and then right. you know the rest of the team was shaped around it. They won a, won a Super Bowl, but they just continued to have that winning success. So that 15 years, so it was great to see them elevate to even a higher level. All right, so we're visiting with uh, Mark Patterson, who, uh, NFL player, entrepreneur, just won an Emmy for uh, Best uh, Short Documentary, which is an unbelievable story and i want to get to that too so i've got i'm i've got a few minutes here uh real i want to do 60 seconds on don james he played for one of the best college football coaches in the history of college football even though he was tucked away up in the northwest tied in with nick saban and all that real quick what was it like to play for don james because washington was super successful during that time well it's a great question and really quickly you know I, I have been able to accomplish a lot of things, and I'd have to give 100% of my success to him because he taught me something called the pyramid of success, which John Wooden had taught him, and then he made it his own. And, you know, at the very top, you know, win the national championship and all the different things and the 25 different blocks that what you have to do and how you have to take the path to get there. And the thing about it is even though you may go through the whole pyramid and get bigger and faster, stronger, there's no guarantee that any is going to happen. But it puts you in the best position of success for these things to happen. And I, I take a look at my, my, you know, my, my mountaineering and the film and the Emmy and my Sports Illustrated. And every single one of these things have had hooks to doing all the things in the chain to get to the top. And that's what Don James taught me. Hall of Fame coach. I mean, unbelievable that you played for Don James. All right, Mark Patterson on the Out of Bounds show. Talk about winning the Emmy, Yeah, what you've done as far as the summit, and all of that, and as of late. 
Well, I mean, I think the, the reason why there is a Emmy is because there is a motion picture, and because there's a mo- motion picture is because I set out roughly 10 years ago to become the first NFL player to climb the seven summits. The seven summits are the highest peaks on every continent. And so it took me, as I said, there's seven major mountains around the world, Mount Everest being the highest one. Um, it took me almost 10 years to accomplish that. COVID got in the way. Weather got in the way, a lot of things, a lot of obstacles. But like, like when these things happen, it's just like it took me ten years for my overnight success, you know. So these things never happen quickly, but it's the that's the why, it's the reason for being behind it. In January 2021, I got a call from the uh, NFL, and they said we want to come over. We'd love love to do a story. We'd love to create a movie um, on your ascent up Mount Everest and follow that that path and I said you know obviously great come on over and so they flew to to Sun Valley with a film crew and we did you know all kinds of scenes and shots uh, in Sun Valley it's a very mountainous town uh, very snowy and cold at the time and then off I went in early April now when you go to Mount Everest it's a two-month expedition so it's a long time you're on the mountain freezing cold going through incredibly extreme conditions avalanches coming down on you every day and ultimately, you go, you're living at 17,500 feet. Today, we're sitting here at, at sea level, right? Zero. Yeah. So imagine going 17,000 feet, 500, you know, up into the sky. And that's where I lived for two months. And then ultimately, getting to the top, is, which is a beast, you know, you're at 29,032 feet. And I'm on oxygen and everything else. So anyways, between what they were able to capture and craft that story and what I was able to film up in the mountain... They made this movie. I had no idea. There was no connection in my brain that, he, that well, number one, that this film will come out as, as well as it did. It's 30 minutes. And then the second part of that is that they, it would be submitted uh, for Emmy. I actually was, was nominated for two Emmys, Best uh, uh, Cinematography and Best Picture. And then uh, I was asked to come out to New York uh, 10 days ago. And, you know, we're going through it. I, I didn't think there would be any way. And we, we got towards the end of the show when they, they had the big, you know, the big awards, the best pictures. Yeah. And got my name called. I'm up on stage like I just won the Heisman. And it was insane. And every single big name, Mike Tirico introduced us and Leslie Visser. I mean, Bob Costas. I mean, all the big time sports people that we grew up with and we see on TV were there. So it was really a special moment to be in, on that stage and you know, having that, that trophy. Congratulations. That's in 10 years. That's, Crazy. Uh, that's incredible. Crazy. I, I almost want to ask you what's next, but maybe you, you don't seem like a take-some-time-off guy. But, no, uh, I'm headed to uh, Europe in September to climb the Matterhorn. Of course. Which is straight up in Mount Blanc, <laughs> which is going to be awesome. <laughs> Mark Patterson on the Out of Bounds show, entrepreneur, NFL player, Emmy winner, and here at the uh, Delta Soul charity event. He played for Don James, one of the uh, one of the greatest and the best to ever cut other places. Thanks, Mark. We Thank appreciate you. it. Mark joined us on the Corona Premier Guest Line. We're live from the Delta Soul Charity Event in Greenville, Mississippi. You're listening to ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Alright, good morning. Welcome in. We are the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We're live from the Delta Soul Charity Event, put on by uh, Steve and Gwen Azar. Uh, raising money for disadvantaged art programs throughout the Mississippi Delta, over a million dollars, year 11. I think we've been here all 11 years. If not, it's been 10. But I love doing this show at this time, and uh, we're excited to have uh, Nick Baumgartner on, American snowboarder, uh, Olympic 
gold medalist on the Corona Premier Guest Line. And, Nick, good morning. Welcome in. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Is this your first Delta Soul event? This is my first one, yeah. Okay. So it's been good so far. I like it. Yeah, last night at Doe's, what would you think? Oh, that was awesome. Just the, I love coming places and seeing the culture, and then I love steak. That's what I live on. Me too. Meat and potatoes, so yeah. that was a good meal. Man, the steak, the tamales, the shrimp, yeah, the, uh, the beverages. So uh, with... Where did you meet Steve Azar? So I just, I, I, we have some mutual friends, and then um, I've started doing a couple more of these after my success this past winter. Yeah. And uh, we got in touch and were able to get me down here, which I'm very excited about. So tell us what happened this past winter. So, yeah, I went, I competed in my fourth Olympics this February in uh, Beijing, China. Um, and yeah, I've been at this for a long time, but. Uh, it's crazy because my sport, the the prime age for my sport to be successful, you're 28 and 32. I was 28 at my first Olympics, 32 at my second, and uh, but I didn't win my medal and uh, gold until I was 40 years old at my fourth Olympics, which is a wild story. And yeah, that yeah. doesn't happen at that age. No, but I, I I really hope that my story shows people that um, what's capable if you don't give up on your dreams and you keep pushing for what you want because. I would have never scripted my story like this, but it's been amazing, and to watch it unfold the way it has has been pretty incredible. Did you feel like you could win? I mean, at 40, uh, approaching this winter in yeah. Beijing, did you feel like you had a legitimate shot to win? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I had the best season of my career. Uh-huh. Um, I went in, so my first three Olympics, I had barely scraped my way onto the team, fighting for either the last spot or the second to last spot. This year I went in, um, I changed things a little bit because trying to make an Olympics have 40. I have a lot of supporters where I'm from in the Upper Peninsula, but a lot of people doubt you when you get to be 40 years old in a sport sure. dominated by youth. So I was, um, I, I like that. Tell me I can't do something, let's see what we're capable of. So I worked harder than I ever have any other season, and I made a lot of sacrifices. And then I came into this season with just, when you put that kind of work in and you don't cut any corners and you do everything you can, you get this confidence that comes with it and I went into this season feeling really good and um, I expected big things and boy am I very happy that it worked out man congratulations that's that's a big deal because I bet the young bucks were looking at you going Nick Baumgartner's not going to win yeah and I'm going to win at 28 or 29 or 30 yeah 31 or 20 or 20 the kid I passed in my final heat um, was 20 years old really yeah so I do a relay race where I... So he's half your age. Half my age, yeah. <laughs> so and actually, I raced the one I won a gold with. It was a relay race with one of my teammates. Um, okay. She's 36 years old. Our combined age was uh, 76 years old. The combined age of the Canadian team that took the bronze medal was 43. So it goes to show you, um, especially in our sport, it's an unpredictable sport of snowboard cross. Um, but we've been at it for so many th- – I mean, I've raced like 200 races in my career, so I can kind of um, anticipate and and um, and I, I know some things that might come. So, instincts. Yeah, a little bit of instincts, and, and that, that knowledge and that experience allows me to be competitive in a sport where people wouldn't think that's p- possible. And now you have an Olympic gold. And now we have an Olympic gold. And, and you uh, never gave up. You could have – no. I don't know if give up, but you could have moved on. Oh, yeah. You could have moved, you yeah. know, kind of segued into something else, yeah. continued in the world of snowboarding, Absolutely. right? But instead you said, no. No, I want this. I want this. I want this. I'm going to Beijing to win. Yeah. 
And you did. Yep. And you beat people half your age. Yeah. What a wild ride, hey? That's just, it's, it's an amazing thing. And that's what I love so much about the Olympics. Um, is those are the kind of stories that come out of it, right? These sure. People fighting through adversity and, and overcoming things to, to get that ultimate triumph. And then you get them the other way, too, where people get that ultimate disappointment and they don't get what they want. Absolutely. And I'm just fortunate and very happy that my story has this kind of – and I shouldn't say ending because we're not Who done knows? yet. Who knows? We're yeah. not done yet. If my best season of my career is at 40 – Maybe my maybe my best one could be a forty one. We could get better and better. So what's like what's next on the circuit of the tour or whatever in the world of snowboarding? Yeah, so so me one of the biggest questions I get asked is, Are you done? How long are you gonna do this? And right. I've always said as long as I'm having fun and I'm competitive, which kinda of go hand in hand and uh, the team's continuing to pay for most of my travel, I'm gonna continue to do it. Right. And uh, so we'll see how long that'll go, but um but yeah, it's been what a ride. When did you – all right, we're visiting with Olympic gold medalist Nick Baumgartner on the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We're live from Greenville, Mississippi for the Delta Soul Charity Event, uh, obviously presented by Steve and Gwen Azar, two wonderful people. Um, when did you start snowboarding? So, uh, my, what age? My story's a lot different than every other – person mine's 15 15 was the first time i stepped foot Usually on the snowboard probably like six seven right first time so the people Eight. i compete against are like four or five years old they right. started okay not only did they start at four or five but they started in the swiss alps the austrian alps the italian dolomites um the rocky mountains i come from a 400 foot ski hill um in the upper peninsula of michigan and what a ride, right? That's incredible. Yeah, man, if that doesn't tell you, it doesn't matter where you're from. And in my case, it doesn't matter how old you are. Right. If there's something you want and you're willing to fight for it, it's possible. And you still live there. Yeah. Although still. you spend a lot of time in Aspen. Yeah. Right? So, Doing a lot of training. So my son just graduated high school okay. two weeks ago. I was able My daughter to, just graduated two weeks ago. How cool, right? Congratulations, yeah. brother. Yeah. And I was able to do the commencement speech, which was oh, so that's special. Cool. Very special. And it's funny because they all they asked me to do the commencement speech this fall. So before everything. Even before you won the goal. before I won. So okay. it was uh, it's an honor to be able to give them that advice. Kids don't always listen to their parents, but it's quite special when they come to ask for advice. <laughs> and for him and his friends to come and ask me. Yeah. That was a proud dad moment. Yeah. I bet that was pretty cool when yeah. you talked to your son after you won the yeah, so, too. so immediately they put me on. Um, so I did two races. I did an individual race um, two days before that, and I made a mistake, and I ended up 10th overall, and it was crushing. Um, everyone knows, like, when you put that kind of work and make those kind of sacrifices, I've been at this for 17 years, and to fall short of that dream and to realize that I'm running out of chances at 40, right? Right. Um, emotions came out i did an interview and the whole world got to see those emotions me bawling on tv crying they put my family right in front of me so i mean all the emotions came out sure and i man i was proud of that interview because people forget sometimes what we go through when you go out there and you lay it on the line you lay it on the line when you're in the arena make yourself vulnerable and you go out there and and when we fall short man it's kill it kills us sure and uh and then right after i did that interview i was told hey man you're up in two days. We're gonna give you got another shot because I was the highest ranked athlete going in. So we got two teams. My other teammate um, beat me in the individual race, so he got the number one spot. And then they put me in there, and we had two girls and two boys, and they picked us. And me and my teammate went out there and crushed it. And it was kick some tail. Yeah, what a ride! Unreal. So who did y'all beat? 
So we beat the. Uh, so when I got into the finals, it was crazy because for me, it's always been about winning a medal. It's always been the goal. Sure. But after that disappointment, that individual race, it was more about trying to prove to everyone back home from my small community what's possible when you make sacrifices and you go out there and you give it everything you got. And um, so I went out there, and in the, in the team race, it worked out beautifully. We would advance through the rounds, and I got to the finals of my round, which is just like a regular round, me and three other guys in the gate ready to go. The gates drop, and we go fast as we can over huge jumps and rollers. And I looked to the left, and there's the Italian that took uh, the bronze medal. Next to him, the 20-year-old Canadian who took the silver medal. Next to him, a gentleman from Italy who cut me off um, – going into the last Olympics, six weeks before the last Olympics, and I ended up breaking my back. Oh so my I was like, gosh, all right, buddy. Nick. I couldn't help but giggle and think, you wanted a shot to prove something. Here it Here is. Here we go. Let's go. So, And then to go out there and to execute the race like I did, um, and that doesn't come by chance. That's 17 years of failure prepared me for that moment. Right. And I executed the best race of my life and, and went out there and I beat those kids and set my teammate up to um, give her the best opportunity to win her end of the race and uh, – and then to come home with the gold medal and yeah. to bring that home. And, and I've been to, uh, been to about somewhere around 53 schools since I've been back in February. Oh, just telling your story? I always told everyone back in the Upper Peninsula that when I win a medal, I'm bringing it to every school in the Upper Peninsula. And that's, that's the goal great. because um, it's tough up there. We're rural and um, yeah. we, we don't have the same opportunities that these big city kids have. And, but it doesn't mean so you got to fight your way out. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it doesn't mean we can't do it. It just means we got to work a little bit harder. Sure, and it's like roll Mississippi. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we can make it happen. You just just got to work a little bit harder. Right. And uh, but it makes it that much more sweeter because I'll tell you what, without those failures along the way, and even without failing two days earlier to win my gold, that day isn't as sweet as it is. Right. Right. So. That's- it's a powerful story. Nick yeah. Baumgartner on the Out of Bounds Show, Olympic gold medalist from Michigan. Unbelievable uh, that he goes to Beijing at 40 and beats people <laughs> half his age. And uh, All right, so we got a minute left. Um, do you, are you a Michigan Wolverine, Michigan State, or neither? My son just committed to Michigan State. I was always a Wisconsin <laughs> Badger fan, but not really a big fan. But, okay. um, but now that my son's going there, I'm full in. Let's go. Sparty. Yeah, Sparty. Let's go. Michigan State Spartans. So East Lansing. Yeah. Yes. So I'm uh, excited for him. It's a big college, and it's going to either break him out of his shell or scare him home. Yeah. But I think good things are, are going to happen for him there. That's and, great. Hey, congratulations, Nick. All right. Thank Perseverance, you guys. continuing to grind. Olympic gold medalist Nick Baumgartner on the Corona Premier Guest Line, live from the Delta Soul charity event uh, put on by Steve and Gwen Azar. Nick, thank you so much for joining us today. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. Mississippi, first time here, and in the culture. So Back cool. in a second. <laughs> 